in association with Nerds Through Comics Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Universe 3072 Audio Drama in the city of hope we all call Angel Grove. People are rushing to work while kids are heading to school. Most of the residents are never upset or sad. Who truly could be in such a great place? One particular citizen is still asleep, waking up to a loud alarm next to his bed groggily. His name is Eric Desmond. Eric is more on the hefty side of the body type department, but he is never upset about it. In fact, he prides himself to be more healthy than most people because of his weight. Eric gets up out of bed, turning his alarm off, then proceeding to get dressed. Another day, another dollar. Eric mumbles, still sleepy, is fully dressed with his security guard attire on, heading out the door, skipping breakfast. The sun beams down on his face as he makes his way to work. People passing by wave, smile, and tell him good morning. He says, Morning. Morning. Oh, hey. Morning. Stay safe. Back to each of them out of courtesy. He arrives at his place of work, an interesting brick building with a purple neon sign that says, Angel Grove's Gym, Juice Bar, and Arcade. He walks in, observing all the chaos that comes with this particular workplace. Kids who skipped school are arguing over who has a turn on arcade cabinet machines. Muscle-headed individuals are pumping each other up with every rep. Someone is sleeping in the dining area, face down on top of trash that once held food. And Ernie is polishing glasses over at the smoothie bar. Mr. Desmond adjusts his badge, saying, Oh, how lovely the sounds of menace are at Ernie's. <laughs> chuckling lightly to himself. He walks to the upper center of the building towards the juice bar to let Ernie know he is at work. Ernie is an extremely hefty guy with a Hawaiian-printed shirt, khaki pants, and sandals. He also has curly gray hair along with a seashell necklace around his neck. Ernie looks at Eric with a cheerful smile, saying, Hey, Desmond, I know you work very hard every day for my business, and I appreciate that. Here's lunch on me, pal. Eric is surprised, saying, I appreciate you, Ernie. Ah, my favorite. Barbecue Hawaiian pizza. Mmm. Happily. There was two tall, muscled-up, tank-top-wearing jocks heading with a stocky mean girl. 
They all are picking on a guy who is much smaller than them, wearing a fishnet sleeveless top over a long sleeve t-shirt that had a band logo on it with striped sleeves, and he also had pink skinny jeans on with impressive makeup on his face that seemed to be a candy goth style. He also had really interesting electric blue colored hair. The masculine girl shouted hatefully. Look how colorful he is. Such a loser. This guy stands proudly in front of her, nose to nose, saying, And I look more fabulous than you ever will. Probably will land more dudes than you too, bitch. With a whole lot of sass. Sarah's face grows pale, knowing she just got savagely insulted in front of her friends, feeling embarrassed. One of her gym rat friends started laughing out loud. Oh, shit. He told you, Sarah? <laughs> The other gym rat friend of Sarah's gets super aggravated over this tiny, obviously flamboyant man shouting, Ugh, gross! Your kind should have never walked the earth! Just looking at you pisses me off! Ugh! With unreasonable anger. Sarah hasn't budged an inch ever since this dude embarrassed her earlier, caught in a wave of shock and steadily built up rage. She looks to her two friends, each in the eyes, one after another, with a super crazy look on her face, saying, Hold him down. I am going to beat him so hard. The colors in his clothes and hair will die out. Ernie and Eric realize how serious this is getting, so Mr. Desmond puts down his delicious pizza, saying, Watch my lunch, Ernie. I gotta handle this. Groaning slightly. Ernie swipes a slice, saying, Sure thing. While trying to stay positive. Eric ends up right in the middle of all the people involved, stopping the three gym rats from putting any hands on the colorful guy. They all remain quiet just by being near Eric's presence. He says, What do we have here? Shouldn't you three be bench-pressing a new record or something? With stern disappointment, Sarah scoffs at the statement, then says, Not currently. Gotta destroy a flamer real quick instead. Looking directly at the guy she's been bullying, she and her friends move forward, but Eric places his hands on the two dudes' chests along with his body blocking Sarah's way. Think you're tough talking like that about someone, huh? Leave him alone or I'll be forced to tase you and your friends. Won't look so tough shitting your pants while wiggling on the ground, if you ask me. Eric stated in a super serious manner. Fear engulfed the two gym rat guys as one of them staggers to say, uh, Maybe we should back off for now, Sarah. Sweating a bit. Sarah tries to stand her ground on her decision while the guy she's bullying is looking at her mockingly from behind Eric with a shit-eating grin. Mr. Desmond proceeds to say, Also, I can make sure you guys are banned from the gym part of this establishment. Indefinitely. With confidence, the other gym rat bully grabs Sarah's shoulder. Uh, uh, I'm out of here. Sorry, Sarah. I can't afford not to get a pump in. Frightened at losing access to the facility, Sarah visibly gets frustrated and yells, Ugh, fine. Whatever. Storming off, Eric smiles over at the guy who was bullied. The other gym rat left follows his friends, trying to catch up, not realizing they left so quickly. Eric pats the guy, saying, Sorry about that. Some people just can't stand seeing others happily expressing themselves, I guess. Staying optimistic with every word. The guy shrugs away, walking backwards, away from Eric towards the arcade, saying, Thanks. 
I'm used to it. It's 2022, and you'd think society would be past all this gay hate by now. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to go blow off some steam on my favorite arcade machine. Peace. Still sounding jaded over the whole situation, Eric looked very puzzled, realizing that the guy was right. He thought... <sighs> He's right, though. I thought it wasn't a thing anymore myself. He thought to himself... Feeling upset at the world, he looked over to the guy dancing elegantly with great precision, asking him, What's your name? Lightly shouting over the arcade machine's music. The guy answered without looking at him while still dancing, My name's Nick. Don't wear it out too hard or you'll owe me dinner. Eric laughs a bit at that statement, then proceeds with his work day while enjoying the barbecue Hawaiian pizza. Sarge, we got the order, Sarge. Oh, well, all right, what are they, private? Ah, our list of orders. It looks like we got to follow some new shows, like from the Zero to Hero Network. Ah, like the main show, Zero to Hero with Billy and Jem, numbskulls. Stop. Ah, the Baker Rangers on YouTube and Facebook. Stop. Ah, Neon Lights on YouTube. Stop. Ah, the Red Corners Ranger from a... Ah, Dang, Brett. Stop. Ah, Dyron Avenger 52 on Instagram. Stop. Oh, and also Cosplay Dude 637. Story time with me. Stop. All right, decides. Oh, not the private. Back to action. Plenty of hours passed till close to closing time. The same person who had been asleep on the food table in the middle of the place is still there, snoring loudly, mumbling. Mmm, hot dog pizza with cheese. Ernie looks over at Eric, saying, I'm heading out early tonight, Desmond. Do you mind clearing out the customers? Also, take Morgan home, please. <laughs> she gets like this every week. Here's her home address. I appreciate you. Chuckling while heading out, Eric clears out the other customers, then looks down at the sleepy woman seeing food crusted all over her mouth, hair, and clothes. He wipes his face for a second, feeling tired, saying, Ah, fun. Come on, crazy. Let's get you home. Reluctantly. He lifts her off the table, hearing the stickiness of the food separate off of her and the table shuddering at the sound. He turns the lights out, then heads out the door with Morgan on his shoulders. She mumbles as they head out. Taco Teddies have no right being open. Still deep asleep. Suddenly, white and orange beams of energy cast down onto Eric and Morgan lifting them forcibly off the pavement as colored lightning shreds through the floor. Eric shouts, Ah, what? Who? What's going on? Loudly with concern, Morgan and Eric are traveling at blinding speeds through these colored energies. Before Eric could blink twice, he was in a strange, highly advanced-looking room with computer-like tech everywhere. And so was Morgan, still asleep on his shoulders. He sets her down onto the ground while purple and green beams of energy crash down across from them. 
<sighs> I gotta sit you down for a sec. I think I might throw up. Within those energies were Nick and Sarah. The energies disperse, and Nick says loudly, Ow, my ass! Why do I gotta be the one who lands wrong? This is bullshit! While in pain, Sarah looks around the area, getting progressively more irritated, shouting, Whoever stopped me from my ice bath will suffer my wrath! Ah! Looking over angrily, Morgan finally begins to wake up, rubbing her eyes reluctantly, mumbling. Quit being so loud. <sighs> Is it because there's a terrifying robot over there or what? Not wanting to be up, everyone looks over to the far corner near the platform they are inside, not realizing there was a huge busted up robot sitting there. Eric rubs his eyes out of disbelief. Sarah sits on a computer panel, not keeping her eyes off the robot. Morgan flops off Eric's shoulders and stands up yawning, and Nick tiptoes his way to the robot, poking it a bit out of curiosity. Whoa, sick. Is, is this its on button? The robot's head begins to glow a red light. Then a series of different computer noises start to fill the room from the robot's body. It raises its head up while the robot's AI system announces... Sleep mode off. Booting system vitals now. In a uniform tone. The robot looks around, shouting... Oh, I'm alive! Yes! I'm glad my program worked. You're all here. Oh, greetings, everyone. With excitement, ignoring its damages, its voice filled with renewed hope. Nick steps back a bit, freaked out, but he can't quite make any noise. His voice has lost itself out of shock and fear. Eric remains where he is studying the robot, making sure it doesn't try anything funny. Sarah is in silent denial that all of this is even real, while Morgan walks up without fear, asking, Who are you exactly? Curiously. The robot sets its gaze onto her, saying, I'm sure all of you are very confused. So while I have reserved battery life, I'll tell you. I'm an sentient robot from another planet who traveled with my lifelong friend, Master Zordon. We were subdued by another ship piloted by an evil armada of monsters, who serve an ancient evil that they awakened after capturing their master and destroying my body. I didn't see it happen, but I can scan the new evil energy signature since the evil's resurrection, along with my master's fading energy signal. I sent out a program to find those with the best traits I need to stop the monster armada and save my master. Will you help me? It's up to you, really. I can't force you to accept the power I can give you. You know what I mean? With great detail and severity. Eric stands up tall, eyes wide, saying, Whoa, that's a lot to take in! Shocked at what he just heard, Sarah finally snaps back to reality, knowing this is truly happening. She grips her fists together, walks as close to Alpha 75 as possible, then asks, What power exactly? And how? With complete stonewalled willpower from her own fear, Alpha 75 presses a few buttons on his arm, then his chest springs open, revealing an open space in his chest cavity while saying, In my chest that I just opened up is five Morpher devices that hold the power to stop the evil monster Armada. 
Coins will appear into the circle slots depending on the wielder of the morpher. It only functions this way because I already imprinted which power each of you possesses when my program touched you. Isn't that awesome? Meanwhile, over on the moon, where the Temple of Repulsa was, Lord Repulsa had shaped the entire tomb into a brand new castle over time, with his dark magic satisfied at his accomplishment. He said loud and proudly, Ah, much better. A throne fit for a ruler of the known universe. <laughs> Goldeth had ventured into the new castle, excited to see what Lord Repulsa designed for him as he slides into the room meant for him moments after entering the palace. He knew it was his area, cause his people's language was carved into the door which read Teor An, Goldeth's birth name. Goldeth shouted with glee. My room is so relaxing to the evil eye. Thank you, Lord of Hossa! <laughs> yes! His voice echoes through the castle while Lord Repulsa sits onto his new throne, feeling its texture amusingly. A huge colony spaceship lands a few yards away from the castle onto the moon. As Finster steps out the ship's doors, looking fascinated, he is admiring the castle's craftsmanship while puddles are breaking their backs, trying to move all of Finster's lab equipment to the new castle. Finster takes a deep breath, saying, Finally, I'm home. Comely. A putty warrior trips a bit, almost dropping a huge machine of some kind as Finster yells. Be careful, my things, you mudbrain. Come on, chop chop. I need my equipment in the castle immediately. Aggravated that his peaceful moment was ruined. Time passes till all is placed into the castle and Finster is kneeling in front of Lord Repulsa as he sits on his throne still. Finster says, Oh, it's great to see you, my lord. I have a very special monster I've been molding just for your waking. I hope you like it. Uh, his name is Ghost Wolf. While showing off an interesting clay sculpture of a wolf-like monster in the palms of his hands, Lord Repulsa stares at this figure for a good minute, then says... <laughs> this is wonderful, Finster. I'll bring this monster to life and send him to Earth. I need to see how tough their defenses against foreign invaders are anyway. I'm no fool. I can't just rush in without better understanding of this world. Feeling confident and cautious, Lord Repulsa grabs the clay figure, walks over to the edge of the moon towards Earth, throws the figure down towards the planet, then points at it with his mighty scepter, shouting, Come to life! Hear my call and go forth, ending all life. Ghost Wolf, arise! Destroy the planet Earth! <laughs> As a huge mass of green energy casts forth, striking the monster, bringing it to life, the monster screams as it falls down into Earth's atmosphere. Oh. What a pleasure, Master. Glad to be born. <laughs> Excited to be alive. It lands on a busy road in the middle of Angel Grove, completely decimating the pavement below its feet, while a shockwave from its landing casts all people and vehicles outward with great force. People are bleeding, cars are crashing or already crashed, and Ghost Wolf is enjoying every second of the mayhem. It begins to howl apart any obstacles in its path. Oh. Mm -hmm.
Each howl creates a deadly vortex of pressurized air that can rip through even the toughest of metals. Blood runs down the city streets into the rain gutters below. Ghost Wolf makes its way to the beach, then creates sand tornadoes from its deadly howling, destroying even more buildings and injuring countless people. Back at the command center, alert alarms start flaring up. Alpha 75 says, The alarms are going off. There must be danger. With urgency, Morgan is baffled and confused, looking left and right, asking, Where? Kind of scared. Alpha 75 presses different arm button sequences, causing the hard light monitor to manifest together in the air above everyone. Oh man, neat tech. To be able to project a hollow screen to show the danger, but no time to gawk at cool shit. Eric stated with awe. They all see Ghost Wolf causing absolute carnage upon Angel Grove. Sarah steps up saying, We gotta go bust this monster's skull open. Otherwise, I won't be able to go tan at the beach without stepping on blood and the shameful thoughts of not helping when I could. With sincerity, Nick swallows his fear for a second then proceeds to say, I guess we have no real choice right now. Give me those, Alpha. Grabbing the morphers from Alpha 75's chest cavity, then shuts his chest. Alpha tells them, Just put them in front of you. Say it's morphin' time, and the name of the dinosaur coin that appears before your eyes when you get your morpher. Does that make sense? Nick giggles a bit, passing out a morpher to each person while keeping one whispering to himself. Morphin' time? <laughs> Unable to keep quiet about how silly that sounded. He places one morpher down next to Alpha 75, noticing there were four people, but five devices. Alpha heard his whispering, then says, It's a code word to activate the device. Just hurry. Unamused at Nick's childish qualities, Eric looks down and sees a white energy carved into a digitized physical circle that appeared in the device's center, manifesting a golden coin with a brachiosaurus on it. The other devices had been similarly creating other dinosaur-themed coins before everyone else's eyes. This unpaid promotion is brought to you by Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger. I've been part of the Zeo to Hero network for almost a year now, and it has been absolute fun, even if I haven't received a paycheck yet. Seriously, though, go check out all of the other partners of the Zeo to Hero network, such as Cosplay Dude 637 with his Story Times and Power Rangers Universe 19. Also, go check out Sam Rebel Ranger XX or Drunken Pterodactyl on TikTok, Iron Avenger, aka Jacob on TikTok as well. Ben the Baker Ranger with his movie talks and other podcasts, assuming they don't go wrong. Also Jim and Billy, the Zero to Hero presenters of Zero to Hero. And also Neon Lights on YouTube. Seriously, being part of the Zero to Hero network is brilliant. Come check us out on the Discord where you'll see us all arguing and bickering and just taking the absolute mick out of Billy. It's absolutely fun. So stay tuned for more. Eric noticed 
that he may be the only one who has the courage to lead the team through this conflict, so he says. You guys ready? Out loud, with a stern tone. The others, by instinct, shout. Ready! When hearing someone using a commanding presence, Eric thrusts the device forward like Alpha described while adding some flair to it before fully extending it forward. He really felt it needed that kind of style in the moment while shouting. It's morphin' time! The others follow suit. It's, it's morphin' time. time! Stegosaurus! Brachiosaurus! Dilophosaurus! Raptor! Said Nick. Said Sarah. Said Morgan. Different colored grid lines engulf their bodies while colored energies fill those lines over them rapidly from their feet up. After their bodies were completely covered, they shattered through it by punching forward while some kicked forward, and just like that, they had amazing dinosaur-themed armor. The armor was mostly prominent on their forearms, knuckles, shins, feet, shoulders, and head. They look at each other shocked as Alpha 75 says, Touch your belt buckles and think of the beach. Good luck, Rangers. Hastily, but with respect. Rangers all touch their morpher belt buckles, thinking of the beach as they get engulfed in colored energies that spiral out the building, taking the rangers out of the command center. The rangers are now traveling at light speeds towards the beach, then get placed onto the warm sands. Nick ends up saying, This is awesome! With excitement, Sarah attempts to make a humorous statement about her excitement with the situation, saying, I like transporting when it's willing. She slightly chuckles. Eric looks at himself in the beach area, saying, We're at the beach in seconds? Hell yeah. Hey, ugly. Noticing the monster during his cheering, Ghost Wolf drops a half-eaten corpse of a civilian as it splits onto the sand, spewing blood everywhere, then gazes over at Eric and the other rangers. Morgan shouts with newfound confidence, We're gonna smash you into stew boils. Laughing a bit, Ghost Wolf licks his lips, wiping blood off hairy face and belly, laughing. What? <laughs> Yeah, right. Die! Feeling super confident in this carnage, he howled towards the rangers as they saw the pressure from his howl tear through the air like a hurricane forcing the air around the sound waves to become pressurized air. This funnel of howling air slices and destroys anything in its path, Nick's side hand springs to the left, then kicks off the ground with his hand as the air funnel howl rips past his ribs underneath his body. Nick lands on his feet a few feet away from the funnel he vaulted away from, shouting, Whoa! His howls are like pressured airwaves of doom! Shocked at what just happened. Eric has no time to think too much because the ghost wolf ran forward towards him after that howl, throwing his claws with deadly precision at him, hoping to tear Eric apart. He yells, Avoid his mouth, his claws, and let's jump him. While dodging ghost wolves attack with natural instinct and luck, Sarah and Morgan run towards the monster and work together to attack him. Every time Sarah throws a kick in one end, Morgan would throw a punch from the other side. They kept the monster on its toes by keeping him guessing. They landed many attacks before he howled downwards, causing a huge sand tornado of pressurized doom. The attack blew Eric, Sarah, and Morgan away, hurting them. Uh. Armor protected them from death and most injuries, but... 
They learn today that the armor can't stop bruises or internal bleeding. Nick front flips all the way to the monster, then flying kicks its nose square in the middle of the face. Blood gushes out of Ghost Wolf's nostrils. He holds his face, and Nick lands on the ground, ready to strike again. The other rangers get ready next to him, and they all dash forward with a team. Flying and goes forward across the beach's sands. You guys are ridiculously strong. I can't die on my first day. Being born, Ghost Wolf screams in pain. He howls again to keep them busy, then finds a way to remain out of sight long enough to leap through the atmosphere, heading back to the moon with an impressive jump of strength. The rangers cheer and physically get pumped up about their victory, as Sarah says towards the sky. Yeah, run off, you chicken. Happily, Morgan also says, We were awesome. Let's check back with Alf and tell him how epic that was. Uh, I'm hungry though. Uh, hope he has snacks. Holding her stomach, they all touch their morpher buckles and think of the command center they were at before this battle. Their ranger energies carry them off again back to the base where Alpha lays in dismantled agony. Upon entering the room, they could hear Alpha 75's AI state. Back to 2% battery life. Informatively, Eric takes off his helmet, setting it down onto the ground near Alpha while crouching down, holding the robot's hand quietly, saying, Oh no, Alpha. What can we do? With great sadness in his voice, Alpha 75 says, There, there, there is no one. There is one more left. It never found a treat of nature. Struggling to stay alive, Nick takes his helmet off, placing it on the opposite end of where Eric's helmet is, with an interesting idea in mind. Nick pulls the last morpher out of Alpha's chest and puts it in his other free hand, saying, Hold on to this, Alpha, and say the commands. It's worth a shot. We just met you. We need you! Zordon needs you! Trying not to be sad, Nick hopes that it will restore his systems, thinking that the power from the Morpher could be enough to jumpstart Alpha like a dying battery. Alpha 75 lets go of Eric's hand, looks at the coin area of the Morpher, sees it mold into a dinosaur symbol, holds the Morpher forward, presses the button, and says, It's morphin time, Bionics. A huge flash of brown energy rockets around Alpha, filling him with great power. Lightning shoots everywhere, then fills the brown grid lines around Alpha 75's body. It all shatters when Alpha 75 stands up. And there before everyone is Alpha 75 as a brown Baronics Ranger, armored like the rest of them. Alpha gets super excited, feeling the grid's awesome power, shouting, I'm alive! Yay! Oh my, I'm a Power Ranger. I'm worthy? Ay 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 I gotta help save Zordon. Wait, I get to help save Zordon. Woo! Realizing other great things that are coming with this power, Eric and Nick stand up, 
while Eric looks Alpha 75 in his cool visor, saying, Makes sense you're the trait of leadership, Alpha. None of us could lead a team. We barely understand the power before us, but you understand entirely. You are our leader, our Brown Ranger. With sincerity, Alpha stands proud, understanding his apparent destiny as Morgan interrupts the moment, asking, Do you have any snacks? Feeling miserably hungry. Everyone chuckles a bit. Alpha 75 says, I do. I'll serve you guys some food. You'll need it. Because my first order as leader is to take you guys to the sim room for extensive training. We need to be prepared for the coming fight. And I have no idea when Repulse will strike this world again. In a very serious tone, everyone nods while Eric and Nick put their helmets back on in unison. Sarah speaks for everyone, saying, Let's do it. Excitedly. Meanwhile, back over at the castle of Repulsa on the Earth's moon, Ghost Wolf had landed on the moon's surface, then made his way to Lord Repulsa's throne room to report the results of his battle with the Power Rangers. Lord Repulsa is furious at the report, standing up from his throne, gripping Dragon Sabah's handle hard. Ghost Wolf trembles on his knees, sweating profusely. Lord Repulsa screams, You pathetic waste of clay! How dare you flee from a fight! Furiously, Lord Repulsa tears into Ghost Wolf with Dragon Saba, ripping the monster apart repeatedly, making Goldeth flinch at the sight of this slaughter. Goldeth looks away near the throne where he stands near Repulsa. Ghost Wolf's last words were... Wait! No! Before being completely destroyed. Bloody parts litter the throne room floor. They all turn into clay chunks as Finster enters the room from the shadowy corners of the castle, saying... I... I can probably upgrade the monster with his clay remains and make him without fear, Master. Let me try again. I'm not quite ready to give up on Ghost Wolf. Collecting the clay chunks slowly, Lord Repulsa sits back down, thinking about what Finster had said just now, then responds, Sounds good to me. Ensure he doesn't fail again, or it's your ass, Finster. In a bone-chilling tone, Finster bows while walking backwards away from the throne, saying, Yes, Lord Repulsa. Lord Repulsa teleports to a different part of the castle as Goldeth watches the green and black magic flames engulf Lord Repulsa's throne. Lord Repulsa is in the dungeon area of the castle looking at Zordon's beaten and bloody malnourished body. He holds Zordon's jaw with his hand, raising his head up a bit, saying, I bet you're happy he was destroyed, Zordon. Somehow you made new rangers before my waking. No matter. They'll all die. And be pace stuck to my mighty boot. <laughs> Your rangers will be dust amongst my throne. No one gets in my way for universal conquest without repercussions. Shouting in Zordon's face. Lord Repulsa lets go of him, then teleports away. While Zordon says to himself, staring out the only window of the dungeon area. May the power protect you, Alpha. I hope you know what you're doing. Gazing at the earth from the window. All that is heard while Earth is in view is Lord Repulsa's laughter. <laughs>
next time on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Universe 3072. The now slightly trained rangers are able to take a break and enjoy what Angel Grove has to offer, only for the team to be split up when two monsters attack the city at once. Don't miss out on episode two. Double trouble. See you there, Ranger fans.